We are underway on a Wednesday. It is September 20th. Welcome to the unofficial start of Calgary Flames training camp. It's fitness testing day. And on the ice tomorrow for the first session of training camp. Hockey season is right around the corner. We are live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios this afternoon for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. They're all things basementy. Lots to get to on the program today. We're going to Stamps Report, getting you set for the Stampeders and the Alouettes on Saturday afternoon at McMahon Stadium. We'll check in with the St. Louis Blues after naming Braden Shen, the 24th captain in franchise history, and lots of training camp conversation ahead of tomorrow's first on-ice session for the Calgary Flames. We're kicking things off with a bang this afternoon. Get your texting fingers ready. Get your questions in. Ask Andy's coming your way in just moments. We're kicking off the show with our pal Andy McNamara, fantasy football guru, AMC. Good afternoon, pal. How are you? I'm doing good, Logan. Let's let's kick this thing off. Week three, ready to go. Yes, got a good Thursday nighter coming up tomorrow, and we got plenty of news to dive into, including the news that's just coming down right now. Not sure that anybody's surprised about this AMC, but uh, Saquon Barkley is a no-go for Thursday's matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your immediate reaction as far as fantasy value goes here for the Giants? Oh, boy, your next man up is Matt Breida, and that is not great. That is that no. is not good. It, and what really was already going to very likely be a, a curb stomping by the 49ers to the Giants is even more so because – Right now, you're only two weapons really on the Giants, Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley. You lose Barkley. And before that news, the 49ers were already 10-point favorites. Like, if I'm throwing a few bucks down on this game, I might take find those alternate spreads and, and take the Niners by, like, 14. Like, I just don't think this is going to be close. No, it's been disaster to start the season for the Giants. They got whooped by the Cowboys at home in week one. They were somehow able to come back and beat the lowly Arizona Cardinals, but they very well could be 0-2 heading into this game, Andy. Yeah, easily, easily. And this is, it was at least good for the Giants because, okay, you your first, think about this too, their first six quarters of football in the 2023 season, no score, didn't score. Mm. And then you came on, but then that's something you can build off of, right? Okay, hey, you know what? We overcame, blah, blah, blah. And, and now let's go. Well, now you're without Barkley, you're playing one of the most complete teams in the league in the 49ers and you're a double point dog. Um, I honestly would, gosh, I wouldn't touch any of the running backs. Uh, I would say, yeah, you know, probably Darren Waller at tight end. Cause you don't have a choice for your fantasy team, but stay away from the New York giants this week. He's our NFL fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara joining us like he does every Wednesday here on Sportsnet today. Get your questions in. At 960-960-ASK-ANDY's coming up in just moments. Anything fantasy football related, you need starting sitting advice, waiver advice if you've got a later waiver wire, trade advice, all of it we can get to and Ask Andy coming up in just a few moments. What about the other side of that matchup, Andy? 
Uh, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers off to a good start this year, and it sure seems like Christian McCaffrey's been as advertised as one of the top fantasy players this season. Yep, it all comes down to if he can stay healthy, and he, he is right now, and if he is, that's that's a superstar. It's, it's a league winner. It's a superstar that you can count on week in and week out. Um, Brock Purdy, real life-wise, fits right into that scheme, and that is probably the best quarterback scheme in football, which, again, brings me back to, like, how bad was Trey Lance? Like, if you have Brock Purdy, the literal last pick in the draft, and and Trey Lance can't figure it out, like, how bad is Trey Lance? So you're not using Brock Purdy in fantasy, even against this team, because – he's he's still going to get you in in the mid-teens, right? So pretty much everybody else on your usual suspects, though, for the 49ers, you're lighting up with confidence. As long, you know, especially with George Kittle, always check to see if there's going to be a Q beside his name or something. But Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey, Ayuk, light them all up because this is going to be a uh, a really one-sided game, I think. Have you uh, been happy if you've owned an Ayuk or a, a Debo Samuel with the kind of volume and production that Brock Purdy's been able to provide to them, Andy? Um, I'd say, like with Debo, some people I think overestimated what he was doing from like two years ago. They expected that Debo Samuel. I came in expecting kind of the type of point totals that we've been seeing, where you're getting kind of the low double digits, the teens, the mid-teens. So if you took Debo Samuel with that in mind, of that's likely how it was going to go. I think you're satisfied through two weeks. He's gotten right around 13 fantasy points, right? So that's, you know, it's not going to be anything to, to super right home about, but it's a reliable source and somebody you can, you can do. Um, Brandon Ayuk right around the same, right? 12, 13 fantasy points. So they're kind of in that same vein. So a WR three or flex play nice and safe. Um, So I, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Like it's for, for what you expect. You're not going to see them as superstars in fantasy, but they're definitely serviceable and safe. Andy, the first couple of weeks we spent talking about QB injuries around the league and how that was going to affect fantasy values. This week's kind of shifted. We're talking about mm-hmm. running backs. We started with yeah. the Saquon Barkley news. we got to dive into your Browns. I feel so bad for Nick oh. Chubb. That's an ugly injury. Good news is Jerome Ford pro, uh, played pretty well. But now all of a sudden, the uh, the guy they know so well in Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, is back. What do you make of that fantasy backfield right now in Cleveland? Yeah, that's oh my gosh, I still feel sick seeing that uh, that Nick Chubb injury. And it, it was it was interesting because on the broadcast they're like, we're not going to show it. So what did me and I'm sure most people's like, uh, I kind of got to see it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like I got then you go to Twitter and you see like, uh, Aikman was right. I shouldn't have seen it. It was oh, it was so awful. Oh my gosh! Well, Jerome Ford was one of the hottest waiver wire ads out there. People spending a lot of fab on it. Um, I spent, uh, you know what? In one of my leagues, I spent half. I thought running back, you have the fab for uh, uh, to to take those impact players. So I spent out of my hundred dollars, I spent fifty bucks, and I got Jerome Ford. Why? Because I knew that even with the Kareem Hunt signing that was looming as of last night. He's going to be a change of pace, a relief. It's not going to be a 1A, 1B. It's still Jerome Ford's backfield. And that was further cemented by head coach Kevin Stefanski saying, it's still Jerome Ford's backfield. He's going to be the starter. So you have Pierre Strong, who got who had vultured a goal line touchdown last, uh, last week, which wasn't great. Um, but then you have uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, who 
I think it's going to be a, it's almost a better real life than fantasy one because he had a leadership. The team loved him. He knows the offense. He can step right in. There's no learning curve and it's a home game Sunday. And I'm actually going to be heading down to Cleveland tomorrow to see that game on Sunday. Nice. And he trots out there, man, that crowd is going to go bananas because he's a hometown guy. Yeah. So it's a feel good. You get sort of that spark back and, and can relieve a little bit of the down from the Nick Chubb. Fantasy wise. I think people can start Jerome Ford comfortably hunt hunt and strong. will get some touches, but overall, uh, boy, Jerome Ford looked good to me, man, against that yeah. Pittsburgh defense on, on Monday night. What do you make of the situation in Detroit? David Montgomery is out for a couple of weeks here. Jameer Gibbs hasn't got the kind of volume we thought he would oh. to start the season. Uh, what do you, where do you lean towards if you're a guy that maybe had David Montgomery on your roster, or if you're looking to maybe pick up some carries from the Detroit backfield, where are you looking, Andy? Boy, oh, I'm a Jameer Gibbs owner, and I'm not pleased. Okay, I'm not pleased. <laughs> I bet at you're all. not. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. It's like okay, Montgomery's out, and then you know, okay, well, does that mean is is Craig Reynolds guy going to pop up? Is he is he being worked in to uh, the higher volume, like Dan Campbell said? That's really what I think we want to hope for if you're a Jameer Gibbs owner. So I, I figure. You don't have to get too cute um, picking up anybody else on the Detroit the, uh, Detroit one. If you're a Montgomery owner, that's where you have to start looking uh, elsewhere. And some options. Um, now, Kyron Williams, I picked up last week. He's probably gone. I'm just going to check his ownership right now because I think it was still in the 60s. Let's see if it went up a little bit there. Uh, 89% now. It's 60% before. Yeah, so yeah. you might be out of luck. Give it a look on the Rams. Um, Tony Jones Jr. from the Saints, perhaps Kendry Miller from the Saints, also with Jamal Williams missing time. If he plays, that I think is the start over Tony Jones Jr. And those two are uh, pretty widely available. Yeah, let's talk about that Saints one. Tony Jones Jr. rushes for his first two career touchdowns thanks to being the only running back left standing in yeah. New Orleans. Do you think he has value going forward? Alvin Kamara has got one week, one week left, excuse me, on that suspension, then all of a sudden it feels like it gets crowded if everyone's healthy oh, yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a one week situation. This is a one week plug and play. Um, the trouble is, okay, you're right. It was like Tony Jones Jr. was like the only guy. It was him and Taysom Hill. So we got two touchdowns. But let's look at the yardage because you can't count on touchdowns. You can build off confidence if it comes to yards per carry and total yards. Twelve carries, thirty four yards got two touchdowns well if he doesn't get two touchdowns you're, you're getting like three fantasy points right that's 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 what it is but there's a lot the coaches love Kendry miller the rookie who apparently could have played last week they kept him out for um didn't feel he had enough practice at that point so if he comes in and he was healthy to go last week i think he gets the mountain share and that's the guy not a lot of people are talking about so they'll see the flashy two touchdowns of tony jones but I feel it's Kendry Miller that is the smarter play this week. If we're, he plays, track him. If he track plays, him. for sure. We're uh, just moments away from Ask Andy. We're starting the program off with a bang today. Make sure you get your text in at 960-960. If you need start, sit advice, waiver wire, trades, any of it, make sure you send your text in. We'll get into Andy coming up in just a few moments here. It's been a slow start, Andy, for a couple of prominent running backs. Any worry in your mind if you're an owner of, say, a Josh Jacobs or a Najee Harris today? 
Oh yeah, the Josh Jacobs thing. That's not that's not great, and you could kind of see it coming, couldn't we? Like there was the holdout. There was, and and sometimes, well, a lot of the time, if you have those type of holdouts or bad feelings, you're off to a slow start. Yep. He hasn't hit. He's got nine fantasy points the first two weeks. You're playing a Pittsburgh defense that did get, despite all the pass rush success, they did get gashed by the Browns by Nick Chubb and then Jerome Ford after. So this. While first glance, it's like, oh boy, Pittsburgh, um, if you're the Raiders and you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to die, uh, which can happen <laughs> at, at, at any, any time with his injury history, yep. you should be giving Josh Jacobs a heavy workload. I would feel, if there's any week for him to get right, I would feel confident that they have to lean on Josh Jacobs this week. So um, I feel good about him. For Najee Harris, I have felt since he entered the league, Najee Harris was overrated. Like he's never been a really truly dominant back i kind of feel he's like a david montgomery type where he'll flash there's a thought that he's better than he is and then when you look at the numbers it's like eh, it's just he's just okay that's kind of what i feel about Najee harris he's he's just okay he's he's for your fantasy team he's an rb2 that you're not going to get too excited about He's going to get some decent work but jalen warren keeps eating into that chair and keeps making explosive plays so I would, I would caution, if you're an Najee Harris owner, don't be surprised if you see Jalen Warren's usage continue to go up. All right, uh, texts are coming in at 960-960. You can continue to throw them in, but let's get to it. It's our favorite part of the week. It's time for another edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, AMC, week three in front of us. You ready to go, pal? Let's do it. All right, pal, let's start with this one. Hey, Andy, I need you to pick two of these uh, for my lineup. DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, or James Conner? Mm, okay. So we got to pick what two? Two Swift, Harris, Williams, Robinson, Connor. Okay, give me Swift straight away. Yep, I like what I've seen out of him. Um, James Connor. I was just looking. The it looks like the injury designation is off for now. That's all you got in Arizona. That's it. You got him and Zach Ertz with target share. Uh, by the way, Zach Ertz. People are overlooking. He's been the most targeted tight end through the first two weeks of the season. So. Get yourself some Zach Ertz. Um, I, I think James Conner's the way to go because they just don't have a lot of options, and James Conner's put up some nice production over the first two weeks. Uh, one QB league, who am I starting, Andy? Justin Fields or Jordan Love? I think you got to go Jordan Love right now. Um, I honestly don't think you're in too bad of a spot either way. Like, the Bears are not good, but Justin Fields is putting, he's putting up some points. Right? He's putting up some fantasy points. Yep. He's doing okay. Uh, Jordan Love, hey, give give the devil his due, man. He's doing better than I thought he'd do. Um, had some a couple rushes. The the touchdowns hasn't thrown an interception yet. It, it's impressive. I think you got to keep going with Jordan Love until he gives you a reason not to. Uh, how about this one? It just comes in another one off of the Fields conversation. Fields or Cousins this week? Boy, uh, how do you like? It's so weird because in some, in your mind, there's always like the real life, like Kirk Cousins loses. That's like, okay, but does that matter? No. He loses? Not to fantasy uh, he, perspective. No. He's throwing the ball a million times to Justin Jefferson. And then you got Jordan Addison who's producing too. Puts up a ton of points. I think you got to go 
with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I've been I was the guy that drafted Kirk Cousins nice. really late in one of my leagues, Andy, and I couldn't have been happy. He's been great so far. Right. Uh, I don't great have pickup. Don't have anything to complain about. Uh here's another quarterback question from Kelly. Andy, Deshaun Watson or Anthony Richardson if he's healthy? Oh man. I look, I, I wanna believe. Like I'll be in the stadium. I'll I'll boo that guy out of the building, I'll tell you. If he puts up an effort like that. Like in Pittsburgh. Come on, man. Disgusting. Gotta Disgusting. do better than that for two hundred and thirty guaranteed. Oh, boy. But you know what? The thing is, Deshaun Watson plays a familiar foe um against the Titans. He's had there was some stat there. Like he's his quarterback rating's ridiculous. Like he's dominated the the Titans in his career. Maybe that's a bit of familiarity. Maybe that's a bit of a comfort level to help break him out of his funk. I just can't trust it right now if it's on my fantasy football team. So what I'll do is I'll take Anthony Richardson versus the Ravens first two weeks. He's put up just over 17 and just over 18 fantasy points. I think that's, that's good enough. And I think you can get that against the Ravens. Uh, Chris has got a two-parter for us today. Uh, needs to start two out of these five, maybe get one into a flex spot. So maybe three. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Nico Collins, DJ Moore, or Chris Godwin? Let's cut out DJ Moore. Uh, we're definitely going Ridley. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a little more Mike Evans. And the tricky part is Evans and Godwin could always cancel each other out. Baker's distributing the football, man. Sure is. <laughs> you know? Like, my guy, he's getting, he, he's, he's getting the ball where it needs to be. And there's always a risk of injury with Mike Evans. But... Him and Chris Godwin are a little bit of a wash. Um, you're playing Philly. That's tough. Okay, we took out more. Who was the last? There was Godwin. There was one more. Uh, Nico was Collins. You know what? I'm going to say Mike Evans. I don't dislike Nico Collins, but also there's Tank Dell who's yeah. hanging around there, who's a bit of a riser. That's somebody else who's pretty widely available, uh, about under 50%. In most leagues. So if anybody needs a little depth at wide receiver, you can go tank down. So let's say Evans and Ridley. Uh, I read a trade question coming in, Andy. Would you trade James Cook for DeAndre Swift? Oh, I could get DeAndre Swift. I would for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, give me two of these, Andy. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen. <sighs> okay, let's go. I think you go Joe Mixon because the uh, uh, the leg of Burrow is not right. Definitely not right. And I got a feeling about Josh Jacobs this week. I know he hasn't put it out there, but I think just the necessity, if there's any sense in Josh McDaniels, you will lean heavily on Josh Jacobs. So even though he hasn't shown it, I feel there's a lot of upset in Josh Jacobs. Uh, would you go Goff or Cousins this week at QB? I think you go Cousins. Like, I, Look, Jared, Jared Goff, we know – can sling it. No, he's playing Atlanta. Well, I think I think you're in a great situation either way. To be perfectly honest, I yeah. would say Cousins, um, just because he, he he can. It looks like more consistently, typically put up bigger games. But I think you're in a good spot either way. Uh, tight end question: Waller or Kittle? Oh, go Kittle! Like again, what all San Francisco has to do without Saquon Barkley is double team Darren Waller, and it's ball game. Right? Like, that's yeah. it. Now, that being said, uh, George Kittle has not put up more than six fantasy points in a game this year. That's very discouraging. But I would still err on the side of George Kittle uh, of them against the Giants. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Got a couple questions uh, around Jameer Gibbs owners. Uh, this text comes in and says, hey, guys, I'm hammered by injuries with Eckler and Taylor out. 
Um, starting Gibbs is one of my starters. I need to go with either Gus Edwards or Zach Moss behind him. Zach, oh, Zach Moss, 100%. Zach Moss was one of the big ads this week, for sure. I talked about it on the sick podcast with Andy McNamara on, uh, that aired yesterday, Tuesday on YouTube. Um, Zach Moss is somebody who, with Jonathan Taylor still out, popped big time last week. Plus, also caught all four of his targets from the young quarterback. Yep. What, if you need a check down, that's your guy. So he caught four passes, ran for 88 yards on 18 carries, and had a touchdown. So again, we go to a lot of a lot of work, good yards per carry, and found the end zone, and has those receptions. Zach Moss over Gus Edwards. If he's not like, he'll get you two touchdowns in like 12 yards. So no, I go Zach Moss. Uh, Jameer Gibbs or Raheem Mostert. You got to go Gibbs with Montgomery out. You got we we have to err on the side of you spent that high of a draft pick. Come on, let's get the guy going. Uh, let's go with a two-parter here. Uh, this one says, first off, do I start Nico Collins or Terry McLaurin this week, Andy? Oh boy. These Washington, like they're not good, but they win, right? Like Sam Howell is against Buffalo. Oh boy. You know what? I'm going to say Nico. I'm going to give a slight edge to Nico. I like the town Terry McLaurin, of course, but the Buffalo defense is still tough. And I just don't believe in Washington and Sam Howell yet. Uh, and the second half of this question coming in, I'm um, a Damon Pierce owner. How do I feel? Is he coming to come around Andy, or is this a bad scheme for him? Should I try to move on? Oh man. I, you look, I own Damian Pierce in one of my leagues too. Uh, I'm not happy. It's against Jacksonville this week. Um, again, whenever you say, should I move on? Should I drop? Who are you replacing him with? Is he in your starting lineup or is he just a bench guy, right? If he's a bench guy and you're going to pick up someone off waivers, who who are you getting? Can you get somebody with, you know, did you, did you grab Jerome Ford somehow? Did you get, is, is Zach Moss available? Like, for example, I would start Zach Moss over Damian Pierce, but what are we looking at? So that would be my follow-up question. Who are you? I wouldn't start him this week, but uh, who would you replace him if you drop him? Uh, okay, let's get a couple more of these in here. Uh, Zach Moss, Dalvin Cook, or A.J. Dillon? Hmm. A.J. Dillon's intriguing. I'm going to stick with Moss, man. I really liked, and he's had an unremarkable career, right? Like, yep. he hasn't done much. A.J. Dillon, even with a chance last week against Atlanta, didn't do much. I think he goes Zach Moss. Uh, another one here with uh, uh, Zach Moss here. Zach Moss or Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook? Ooh, Zach Moss or Dalvin. Um, no, you know what? You go with Zach Moss with Brees Hall popping now. Um, I think I think we, we look at Dalvin Cook really as um, more of that change of pace relief guy. Um, I just don't think there's much. Like, he had four he had four carries last week, right? Like, I just don't think it's it's worth it. Um, can I, this one says, trade Mike Evans for Jalen Waddle. Would you do that deal? I would do that deal. I think I would do that deal. The risk is always that, um, you know, that Tua is going to get hurt. Yeah. But otherwise, I think, you know, it, it, it's Tyree Kill's world over there. But the, the Dolphins are putting up points. Now, Waddle is questionable this week with a concussion. So be careful about that. If you need him this week, he might not be available because he has not practiced. So keep that in mind. But otherwise, yeah, I think that's probably the safer bet. Uh, this one from Matt. Standard League. Do I go Watson or Wilson? Oh boy! Oh, you go back. Like if you asked that question in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. 
like, oh man, yeah, great problem to have. And now, not so much. We're looking at this thing, right? It's like, what are what are we what are we looking at here? Yeah. So, I would have to say, so you're playing who's Russell Wilson's playing Miami. Yeah. I think you go Russell Wilson. We've at least seen him pop with the numbers, right? Last week, put up just under 27 fantasy points, 300 plus yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Lost put up a bunch of points. Deshaun Watson just looks frazzled right now. I hope that changes Sunday when I'm at the game, but right now go with Russell. Uh, a couple more to finish things off here, Andy. Uh, Brett asks, should I start Christian Watson coming back from injury or go to Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers. They're finding him. They're liking him, and you can line him up just about anywhere. He gets open, and he's he's, he's small, but like I, I, I kind of people make him sound like he's 5'4". Like he's 5'10". Yeah, he's, yeah, he's it's small, not, but he's not like, yeah, he's not like petite, no. right? He's, so, um, I think Zay Flowers has been really good the first couple of weeks. So go with him. Uh, and last but not least, I like this one: Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen this week, Andy. Got to go, Calvin Ridley, man. Less injury prone, and him and Trevor Lawrence are just, just rolling. I, I think you go that way. Uh, if you missed a chance to get your question into Andy, he's always nice enough to give you a hand on Twitter at andymc81. Or you can find him on his podcast, uh, The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Lots of Browns talk, but lots of NFL talk, lots of fantasy talk as well. Uh, Andy, safe travels to Cleveland, man. Enjoy the game. Thank you for this, as always. Can't wait to chat next week, pal. Absolutely. Thanks. Talk to you soon. You're the best. Andy McNamara joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline for an early edition today of Ask Andy. Again, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. If you missed it, make sure you use the hashtag. Ask Andy. He'll be back next week ahead of week number four in the NFL. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to switch things over to hockey. Uh, another captain announcement in the NHL yesterday. Braden Shen, the 24th captain in Blues history. We'll dive into that with Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Rolling on an hour one of the program. Calgary Flames remain one of uh, Pierce's few teams in the NHL, they're going to head into training camp without naming a captain. The Boston Bruins announced Brad Marchand as their next team captain today. And yesterday, the St. Louis Blues announced the 24th captain in franchise history as Braden Shen will be the latest to wear the C for the St. Louis Blues. Interesting year for the Blues as they look to bounce back. And a man that uh, covers the Blues for the Athletic, kind enough to join us this afternoon, chat all things Blues and the Braden Shin captaincy. Happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Welcome in Jeremy Rutherford from the Athletic. Jeremy, thanks for the time today, sir. How are you? Good, good. Anytime. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, what's the What was the mood like, the reaction yesterday to, to Braden Shin being officially named uh, as this team's next captain? Yeah, I think it was a good response uh, from fans here in St. Louis. Uh, Doug Armstrong kind of told fans at the start of the offseason that he was going to do a, a thorough uh, investigative report, if you will, on whether a captain was needed anymore in the NHL. Kind of caught people off guard a little bit because there have been not only some great captains throughout uh, the league over the years, but here in St. Louis with Brett Hall, Al McInnes, Chris Pronger, so on and so forth, uh, including Brian Sutter, probably the most notable one from the Calgary area. And, uh, and so to not have a captain would have been different here in St. Louis. But he said he called people 
inside, out, outside the organization, uh, people from different sports just to talk about leadership arrangements. And he came back to the fact that he felt a captain was needed and the guy who fit all the characteristics that he was looking for uh, was Braden Shen, a guy who grew up uh, watching the Calgary Flames there in Western Canada and told me yesterday when I asked him, about who are some of the captains he looked up to. He mentioned, of course, uh, Jerome Aginla as one of those guys who provided all that uh, quality leadership. So perhaps we'll see a little bit of uh, Aginla rub off on Shen as he wears the C here in St. Louis. I think Blues fans would uh, be just okay uh, if that were to, to peek into Braden Shen's game. And it's interesting to mention, Jeremy, uh, as you wrote at The Athletic sort of in the days leading up to this, that this wasn't a one-horse race for St. Louis. They had a couple of interesting candidates that could have worn the C heading forward. Yeah, Robert Thomas was another guy. Uh, Thomas, I believe, 24 years old. He's a first-round pick, and he was a rookie on that Stanley Cup team with the Blues in 2019. Uh, He's been a really good player, uh, putting up some good points. I just think that when you have a player like Braden Shen, who is a number five overall pick, started out in the L.A. LA organization with uh, Anze Kopitar, uh, went to Philadelphia, played with uh, Akimo Timonen, also, a Scott Hartnell is another player that he mentioned. And then he comes to St. Louis, and he's rubbing shoulders with the likes of uh, Alexander Steen, who, as you probably know, just drips you know, being a professional. And, and so he's learned from him. And, and so now he comes in, and uh, I think when you have a guy like him, that's kind of a no-brainer. But it's not to take anything away from a guy like a Robert Thomas, who I think is going to be a captain one day. Uh, the, the thing here in St. Louis that's difficult is all the long-term contracts. Shen's got five more years left on his eight-year deal. Thomas is starting an eight-year deal here. So you give it to Braden Shen. How much longer is he going to be in St. Louis? Is he going to fulfill the five years left on his deal? And, and if he does, maybe you're looking at a few more years down the road before a guy like Thomas would take over. It was interesting from my perspective, Jeremy, I'm sure you found the same thing. Listen to Braden talk about the captains that have come before in St. Louis and some of the guys that he's had to learn from. And most recently, a guy like Alex Petrangelo, who won a Stanley Cup and then all of a sudden wasn't part of the organization anymore. But Brayton certainly got a, a long list of, of pretty prominent captains and pretty prominent players in St. Louis to, to build upon for his foundation as this team's next captain. Yeah, it might not be a great thing that he got to see because uh, history here in St. Louis means that you might be on the on the move here. <laughs> of course, you had uh, David Backus a few years ago. He was the captain, and then he got offered by uh, Boston, and the Blues let him walk. And then you had uh, Alex Petrangelo. The Blues don't re-sign him. He, of course, goes to Vegas, as you touched on. And then you have uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and they trade him to Toronto at the deadline last year. So we're in that sea. Not a lot of loyalty here in St. Louis in terms of uh, bringing those guys back. Uh, but uh, like I said, Chen with five years left on that deal, probably we'll see a, a few more years at least with that letter stitched on his sweater. And uh, the Blues really seem to feel like whether it was listening to, to Craig Berube or anybody else at that press conference yesterday, that this announcement is really going to, to kickstart what they're hoping is a bounce back season in St. Louis. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, it's tough to get a read on on things. Uh, this team was not great uh, last year by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they started off 3-0, and uh, looked like world beaters. I think it was game three of the season against uh, Edmonton, 2 nothing shutout, you know, just uh, swarmed the power play, power play for the Oilers, which is phenomenal, didn't get any looks. And, you know, I was ready to write a story about what a great start the Blues have had. And I remember Doug Armstrong texted me back and said, you know, whoa, let's uh, slow the horses here. And <laughs> I, I think you got to remember that there's what uh, 
you know, 78 games left to play, 79 games to play after that. And, and they weren't good games for the Blues. Uh, most notably, the defense did not play well. And you got four veterans there in the top four with a Colton Pareko, a Nick Letty, a Tory Krug, and a Justin Falk. But it just didn't come together for those guys. Uh, you know, and, you know, you can't point solely at the defense. Uh, they didn't get it done up front either, and as a result, it was a tough year for Jordan Bennington as well. Uh, but the bottom line is you look at this season, and you still got a pretty good roster, uh, but I think people here in St. Louis and maybe even around the league, they want to see see it before they uh, believe it because uh, some of these guys uh, on the long-term contracts haven't produced the past couple of years. It's got to come together. Doug Armstrong has admitted that it's a bit of a retool. They're bringing in some young players going to put them in some some key spots and and so we'll see what happens once the season gets underway yeah you mentioned how they they're going to kind of retool there but I, I would still say when i look at this team jeremy i'm curious if you see it the same way and, and i i look at them and i say if this team's going to be successful this year it's going to have to be from some of those guys that you mentioned that are on those long-term contracts or have been with the team the last couple of years getting back to it because i i like an addition like a kevin hayes don't get me wrong but when i see this team i'm thinking man it's it's going to be the Jordan Kairos. It's going to be the Justin Falks. Those are kind of the the guys that I would sit here and look and say, okay, if these guys are back on track, feels like St. Louis will get back on track as well. Yeah, definitely. I think you look at a potential top line of a Jordan Kairou, a Robert Thomas, and maybe a Pavel Buchnevich. I think a lot of teams in the league would would take that line. You know, then you get to the second line and you're looking at a Braden Shen. Uh, do you see the uh, Western Canadian kid Jake Neighbors on that second line? Yeah, I think that's a potential option for the blues, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, you know, you mentioned the name Kevin Hayes. Here's the thing with the blues going into the season. I know that this is cliche, but it's true here in St. Louis this summer. The blues have a number of guys who are in prove it situations. And you look at Kasperi Kapanen, they pick him up off of waivers from Pittsburgh. Uh, they get uh, Jacob Vrana from uh, Detroit at 50% uh, salary retention. You get a Kevin Hayes from Philadelphia, 50% salary retention. So you've got between uh, like guys like uh, Kapanen, also Verana and uh, Hayes, you've got a number of guys who could be costing you $12 million and you're getting them for about half that price, six or 7 million. And you would think, you would think that these guys would want to, you know, play for their next contract. So I think that's a situation in St. Louis that they're banking on a little bit, that even though it's a retool and, and you didn't have a good year last year, you do have a lot of guys who should be uh, motivated. Jeremy, how important is it for this team that uh, J uh, uh, Jordan Bennington uh, is the the true number one that this team uh, came to expect going back to that Stanley Cup playoff run? It feels like it'll probably be Joel Holfer's making a, a pretty good case to be his backup this year, but it feels like that number one position is Jordan Bennington's, and they're going to need him to, to be a true number one if they want to get to where they want to go. Yeah, it'll be Bennington unless, you know, the wheels come off. Uh, you know, let me say this, that – if you look at the stats uh, since the Stanley Cup, the save percentage for Bennington has fallen precipitously each year, and you can't argue that. When you talk about breaking into the league with the 920 or whatever it was when he helped them win the Cup, and you know last year it was uh, sub 900, and it's gone down each year, as I mentioned. Um, the one thing that I will say is that while he was not good the several years after the Stanley Cup, uh, especially during the uh, the bubble, I felt like he had a good year last year, and I'm not a hockey, I'm not a goalie guy, uh, but I lean on Darren Pang, who was the Blues analyst uh, before 
heading to Chicago this year, and and he felt the same way. He felt that Jordan Bennington did what he was supposed to do, and sometimes he did more than he was supposed to do. Uh, but it was just the defense in front of this and in, in front of this team, including the forwards. So I realize if you're around the league and you look at Bennington's stats and you look at the antics and you look at him, you know, skating by the Pittsburgh bench and you know taking a stick and flinging it. I get it. You know, yeah. you're not a Jordan Bennington fan and you don't think he's the guy. I'll just say that last year he was much better than his numbers. There's a chance for him to come back and with a better defense play better this year. Uh, a couple of PTOs coming to camp with the Blues, including one uh, we know here in Calgary in, in Nick Ritchie. Uh, is there a roster spot for a Ritchie or a Walensky in your mind, Jeremy, or are these guys brought to camp uh, to, to push other guys into their spots? Yeah, I'll touch on Ritchie here. I know the most about uh, him and his case here in St. Louis. Uh, for one thing is that I would think that PTO guys would uh, look at St. Louis as a possible destination because it seems like every time they bring one in, they end up signing. Yeah. I think James Neal was the most most recent. Um, but here's the thing. They've liked Nick Ritchie for a few years. I think they've tried to acquire him. It didn't work out. Uh, but I think you look at this Blues team. When they were, won the Stanley Cup in 2019, they had that fourth line that was a banger line. You know, it was uh, Barbashev who went to Vegas and had a lot of success. It was it was uh, Oscar Sundquist, and then Alexander Steen was the smarts on that line. And then they've gotten away from that the past few years. They just haven't had that physical style line. So, you know, now they've uh, brought in a few guys. Sundquist is back from Minnesota, uh, and then uh, they've added a few other guys. And they wanted to bring Richie in for that toughness. I think Craig Bruby. Um, you guys are familiar with Craig Bruby there in Calgary. Yep. He, uh, he he wants that back here in St. Louis, and you can kind of tell by the moves that the Blues made this offseason, including bringing Richie in on a PTO, that that's what they want to get back to. Uh, Jeremy, if this team's a playoff team, who's uh, leading the way for this Blues team in your mind? Yeah, of course, every team. It's got to be the goalie, so Bennington's going to have to play well. Uh, you know, I'd expect to see the similar numbers from the guys up front, like the Bucinevichs and the Kairos and the Thomases. To me, it's got to be the defensemen. It's got to be Colton Pareko. Uh, Tory Krug's going to start the season banged up. He uh, had an injury during the, the, the off-season training here. And guys like Nick Letty and, and Justin Falk, if this top four defense can't produce, the Blues can't win, they can't make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Uh, and just before we let you go, uh, you did a Q&A with Braden Shen. Uh, now that he's the captain of the team, did you learn anything that you didn't already know about Braden Shen in his time in St. Louis, sitting down with him when I was the captaincy on his chest? Uh, let me think here. Yeah, it was uh, a busy day yesterday for <laughs> Shen. You know, he comes off the uh, the podium, and I think uh, probably about ten or fifteen people jumped in line to, to <laughs> chat with him for a few minutes. So I only got to chat with him for for a couple minutes, but. Um, you know he's got the two youngsters. He they had uh, his family had a uh, a newborn this this uh, off season, so they had the jerseys with the C's on. And you know just what a guy, a family guy he is, and also a family guy in the locker room. You know, and I'll, I'll just wrap it up by saying this: that this is a guy who really cares about his teammates. The press conference, a half hour long yesterday, there were gobs and gobs of interviews afterwards, and the one line that sticks out with me throughout that entire day yesterday was Braden Chen saying. I care about the success of my teammates and I care about bringing guys together. And I think that's something that uh, all teams would love to have um, their captain feel and, and believe. And, and most of them do, but definitely now with Braden Chen wearing the C in St. Louis, you got a guy who cares about his teammates coming together. And you know, if not anything, I can't promise to you that the blues will be any good this year, or make the playoffs in the Western conference, but I feel like that uh, they're going to be a closer group than they were last year.
Uh, Jeremy, great stuff. Great coverage uh, on this topic as well, man. Really appreciate you hopping on today. I know it's a busy time with training camp right around the corner. Uh, enjoy it over the next couple of weeks. Hope we can check in once hockey season's back underway, pal. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Take care. Jeremy Rutherford joining us. He covers the St. Louis Blues for the Athletic. Braden Chen named the 24th captain in franchise history. Uh, you can check out a Q&A with uh, Braden Chen uh, and Jeremy on the Athletics website at theathletic.com. Uh, and in there, he mentions uh, what um, Jeremy brought up there, that when captains that Braden Shen looked up to when he was a kid, uh, no one other than, than Jerome McGinley of the Calgary Flames. And it doesn't take much to remind Flames fans of the good, great years that were Jerome McGinley's captaincy here. And like I mentioned to Jeremy, if you're, if you're a Blues fan, you can sure hope that Braden Shen takes some pointers from Jerome McGinley's time as a leader in Calgary and brings that to his tenure in St. Louis because... It was a very successful one here in Calgary, and I'm sure the Blues would love to see the same uh, happen with Braden Shen as their captain. Uh, other hockey news today. Training camps getting underway across the NHL. Uh, some injury news and notes to pass your way. Uh, Josh Norris in a non-contact jersey to start training camp with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Matthias Ekholm in Edmonton is going to miss the start of camp, uh, dealing with hip flexor right now. Uh calling it more than just kind of maintenance than anything, uh, but they're not going to rush him into training camp in Edmonton. Uh, Leafs announced that Matt Murray, goaltender, is going to have major surgery, not expected to play this season. Jake Muzzin also will not play this year. Uh, we heard this news a couple weeks ago, but it's official now. Uh, former Flames forward and Habs forward Paul Byron officially announcing his retirement from the NHL. And we said this going in uh, to that conversation with Jeremy. Another team announcing their captain today. No surprise here in Boston. It's Brad Marchand. He's the 27th captain in franchise history for Boston. The 35-year-old takes on the sea, heading into his 15th NHL season. Uh, he's been a Bruin the entire time. He takes over for Patrice Bergeron after he retired back in July. Bergeron was the captain for the last three seasons after a 14-year run from Sedano Chara. So another veteran in Boston, who wears the C, no real surprise. I think he probably could have made a case for David Pasternak, but uh, I think he's probably the next in line right now. If you're Boston, maybe Charlie McAvoy, once Brad Marchand wraps things up, but a pretty easy choice, it feels like. In Boston, so we're down to six vacancies across the league, including the one here in Calgary, and we know that Chicago's not naming a captain this year, so really just five left around the league uh, as we get set for training camp. Uh, here in Calgary starting tomorrow. And uh, this is an interesting story. We'll have to continue to watch this. Uh, a bit of discourse in Tampa Bay to start training camp. Uh, we'll hear from Steven Stamkos maybe a little bit later on in hour two. Uh, but he started the year off with a pretty disappointing message uh, to fans and to management with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, his eight-year deal is uh, coming up to the end of this season. And says there hasn't been any conversations about an extension, and he's pretty disappointed in that. Uh, of course, Tampa Bay won back-to-back cups in 2020, 2021, lost in the finals in 2022. Um, and Steven Stamkos has been the captain of this team for that run. He's pretty disappointed that there isn't uh, any progress on a new contract and isn't entering training camp in the best of moods. Uh, Julian Brisewaugh. GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning spoke out and said, it'd be great if Stamkos could be a Tampa Bay Lightning. 
uh, player for his entire career, but says he's probably not going to bring up any talks with him until after the season. Uh, and that's raised a lot of eyebrows in Tampa Bay as to what Steven Stamkos' future might be. He turns 34 in February. Said he wants to play the rest of his career in Tampa. They took him first overall back in 2008. He's uh, reached 1,000 games, 500 goals last season. Been a great uh, soldier for them in Tampa Bay. He's dealt with some pretty serious injuries. Uh, go back a couple years ago. Um, to that decision to stay in Tampa Bay long-term. He went through some of the lean years in Tampa. It wasn't always Stanley Cup finals and year-after-year contention for Steven Stamkos. He sort of helped build that core here, but they got so many guys locked up on long-term deals in Tampa. Kucherov's got another three years at $9.5 million. you got Braden Point locked up well into the future at $9.5 million. Sorelli... Uh, Nick Paul, add in Brandon Hagel, Mikhail Sergachev, and Eric Chernak are all on long-term deals, plus Vasilevsky at $9.5 million. It, it might just be a dollars and cents thing for Tampa Bay if they want to keep Steven Stamkos. Perhaps they're looking at him taking a, a pretty significant hometown discount to do so. Will he follow along with that? I don't know. He's still a pretty productive player. Uh, 106 points two years ago. He finished with 84 points last season. Do they say, hey, look, we, we'd really like you to do what a guy like Patrice Bergeron did in his final years in Boston? Again, he's just 34. Not like the guy's over the hill when it comes to production, but uh, clearly a player that's not happy that there hasn't been contract uh, talks uh, before the season gets going. So we'll have to monitor that. And a uh, quick reminder, too, uh, that Victor Hedman, uh, is entering the final two seasons of his deal in Tampa Bay. He's 32 years old. He's got this season and next at $7.8 million. So perhaps uh, some really interesting decisions coming up for the Tampa Bay Lightning when it comes to two of their key forwards during this uh, really great run that they've had over the past five or six seasons. We'll see what's going to come with that. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll switch our attention to football. We'll kick off Hour 2 with a look at the Calgary Stampeders. Matt Rose has your stamps report on this Wednesday. And uh, some hockey chatter. Flames announced their training camp roster heading into fitness testing on Wednesday. And their first on-ice sessions go Thursday. We'll take a dive into those groups heading into training camp as Sportsnet Today rolls on. You're on Sportsnet 960, the fan.